Come back to us. I have coffee. No cookies, though. Welcome to Brewery FM, hosted by Scott Hogue and Dan Usher. This week, your favorite band of misfits is back to talk about Deadpool, Legos, and task management in Office 365. <laughs> I've been up since 5.15, so... Ooh, well, that's because you didn't go to see Deadpool twice last night. Yeah, I, I had a question about that. Why did you go see Deadpool twice? Uh, I saw the Facebook post about uh, going and seeing Deadpool, and I kind of scratched my head and said, okay, that's cool. He said he was going to do that. And then I saw something about you going and seeing it a second time. Do you doubt my abilities when I say I'm going to go see something? Or <laughs> More... More, I did not expect you to go see it twice. Yeah, well, uh, my wife is awesome and said, we're going out for a movie for Valentine's Day. And I'd been joking about going to see Deadpool. So we went out and tried to get a seat at a restaurant right by the theater. And it was jam-packed and it was going to be like an hour wait. And it was seven o'clock and we were both hungry and said, uh, you know, it's going to be easier just to go eat popcorn at the movie theater. So we, you know, took the two minute walk over to the movie theater, picked up our lovely tickets on Fandango and, and got a $20 Shutterfly credit. Um, you know, it's kind of like almost better than going to Bed Bath & Beyond on the weekend when you can get a $20 Shutterfly credit, uh, at least to my wife. Um, so went into the movie and did that. And, uh, you know, we got out and she said, that was a really fun movie. I would go see that again. So, you know, we still hadn't eaten dinner, so walked right back over to the same restaurant, which had thinned out, you know, sat right down, uh, had a meal, and, and now it was about, you know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock or something when we wrapped up. And, uh, you know, she said, I, I, I missed a couple of jokes in there. Let's go see it again. I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm not going to deny when somebody says let's go see uh, uh, what was admittedly a very good funny um, you know laugh out loud comedy uh, with a large amount of gratuitous violence and death and pancake smacking of people into pavement and road signs and uh, decapitations and guns and Oh my dear. It was, um, it was amazing. Uh, and then in, you know, just a fit of, uh, awesomeness, uh, it turns out there's actually a couple Jacksonville jokes in that movie. So, uh, highly recommend that anyone go see it. Uh, I read a couple different reviews about it and basically while I think you're probably right that it probably was incredibly well put together, incredibly well thought out, and probably hilarious to adults. Would you let uh, little kids go see it? No. Uh, you, you know, I have a six-year-old and an eight-year-old, and they're not allowed to see this movie until they're about 38. So older than you. Got yes. It. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, they actually had a, uh, a porter or an attendant outside the theater uh, as you were going in, like the actual, um, you know, of course, not before you bought your tickets, but after you bought your tickets at the, at the door to the theater. Uh, and anybody that was taking little kids in there, you know, anybody who looked like they were under the age of, um, you know, I don't know what they were going for, um, but young, you know, they're probably looking for like, you know, 12, 13, younger, things like that. Um, they were actually uh, stopping their parents at the door and saying, uh, you know, you, you got to realize what this is. Uh, this is not your average rated R superhero movie. Uh, it does have, um, you know, lots and lots of violence. It does have lots and lots of, uh, swearing, you know, you know, it's got a pretty good and high, uh, F-bomb count, uh, all those fun kind of things, um, that, you know, again, comedy, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's all done in jest, but, uh, certainly not for small children. Yeah, that's. <clears throat> I think you pegged it right there. Um, yeah, definitely something that uh, I'm actually concerned that uh, <clears throat> my nephews may inadvertently go see, and I really hope they don't. 
Yeah, um, you, you you should send somebody a quick iMessage or email or something, and and because you know we got out of the theater, and uh, you know we have a couple different sets of friends with uh, teenage children or uh, you know children you know my kids' age, uh, and, and you know their kids would say, "Hey, can we go see this?" And I don't know that their parents would know what it is because they would see it was a a Marvel superhero movie. Mm-hmm. And I think you would, you know, miss the the R rating kind of thing, uh, you know, off the cuff. If you were just, you know, like I bought my tickets on Fandango and the little movie ratings in there are like a three point font. So you don't actually look at them. You're more looking at the big names of the movies that you want to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so very, very easy to miss. So I was impressed that the theater had somebody out there doing kind of a second gut check. Um, you know, again, I bought my tickets online, so I'd, I'd imagine maybe even the ticket sellers were saying, Hey, are you sure you really want to do this? And, and giving, uh, multiple gates to pass through. Um, and when we were walking out of the theater the first time, you know, the first show we went to was like a seven o'clock show. Uh, so we were walking out, you know, whatever, nine o'clock. Um, and there were some little kids walking out of that theater. I was like, I don't know if that, mm. I'm pretty like liberal and out there and, and all over the place. And it was like, <laughs> no, um, <laughs> no, my kids will not be watching this. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, somebody like, um, uh, you know, if you've measured out things like star Wars to your kids or things like that, I know we, we've had a couple of friends that have done, done that, you know, uh, you know, sit down and watch stars, star Wars with their kids in 30 hour increments and things like that. So my kids can handle, you know, the full two hours of a, a star Wars movie. Um, and you know, the, the stuff that's in there, but if you think your kids can't handle like episode three and people losing their legs and arms, um, you know, Deadpool's like 47 million times over the top of that, but, um, you should definitely go see it. I uh, I think I might have to have a guy's afternoon or guy's night to go see that. Uh, <clears throat> I'm guessing. No, no, you should do it this morning. Uh, you, you know, tell your wife you're going out for a nice breakfast and a movie. Yeah, something tells me that uh, your wife and my wife have different uh, senses of humor. But I'm t- I, I'm telling yeah. you, there is no way she will not laugh. I'm, I mean. She will certainly, she might throw up at one or two points, but she will laugh. I mean, it'll be a funny kind of like gag reflex, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. See, see, just like that. Uh, um, Yeah. I'll let you know how that goes. Um. (laughs) Yeah. I want to see the posts on Facebook. So took my wife (laughs) to the theater today and we got kicked out because she threw up over the person in front of her. Yeah, you know what you you might want to take a doggy bag too, you know, just in case. You know, typically doggy bag is for like the leftovers from Matchbox or Ted's Bulletin. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. But uh, go out, do a good thing, spend some money, keep the American economy moving. Uh, mm. And make Deadpool earn more money than Star Wars because it is a even more of a feel good movie than that. Well, I think I would prefer to buy the twenty uh, percent off uh, coupons for iTunes and find something through uh, the iTunes movie store to rent instead. That's just me. Mm. Well, I'm sure you, you know now that it's out, you can pre-order it. So go spend your twenty bucks now. Totally worth it. And we'll just leave it at that. All right. Well, uh, speaking of other films, movies, whatnot, I started watching the Lego Brickumentary last night. Have you you seen that? Uh, I have not seen it. Well, I've seen it pop up, like you said, in iTunes and things like that. But uh, yeah, what is it? So the Lego Brickumentary, it is... uh, it's a film, obviously. Um, it's about an hour and a half long. Uh, it goes into like the history of Legos. Um, you might think to yourself, uh, there there can't be that much history. And I think I've gone back and read like the Wikipedia article and read the About article um, out on the Lego website and kind of been like, huh, well, that's interesting. Uh, this is, I think it came out a little before the Lego movie, maybe. Um, but basically, it's... Uh, 
a history of Legos. So it starts off with going through the whole of like uh, the guy who started it, um, how he got his inspiration, how he initially was making toys made of uh, uh, wood, um, how his workshop apparently burned down three times. Um, and then, uh, you know, it goes on to how he got this, I guess, uh, plastic injection tool um, for pre-made molds and started making pre-made molds. And his Legos, unfortunately, were not snapping together like they do now uh, until he had kind of the brilliant idea of the, I guess, power grip or I'm not quite certain what the uh, terminology was. Um, I was watching it late last night and fell asleep at one point. Uh, but you know, kind of the, the whole of all of the different, um, uh, how the pieces snapped together and how back in, I guess it was 2003, the company almost went under, uh, just because they were making, um, what you would call, uh, non standard parts. So I know we always kid about, um, we'll look at a Lego set and we go, Oh man, look at that. That's, that's awesome. But those are non standard parts. What's up with that? Um, so it's kind of the same thing where, uh, you know, they realized back 2003, 2004, hmm, this, this isn't working out for us. We need to stop making all these non-standard parts and kind of re- return to our original bread and butter with our snap together bricks. Um, so it kind of takes off from there, but it goes into, uh, you know, some of the different components of like the Lego community, the Lego user groups. Uh, they mention a couple of different Lego conferences that happen every year, like brick fair, uh, <laughs> which, I thought it was funny. I kept looking. I was like, okay, am I going to see Scott? Am I going to see Joel? Um, you know, are they going to be walking around? And then it was uh, talking about uh, like A Falls, T Falls, M Falls, um, which is the adult fan of Legos, teen fan of Legos, and mother fan of Legos. Uh, but then they also talked about the one by five um, being the quote unquote cute chick that shows up at the uh, Lego fair. And uh, I guess that's because there is no such thing as a one by five piece, um, very much in the same sense. Very, very not often do we see the one by five, so to speak, at Lego Fair. So it was pretty interesting. Um, I still have to finish it. I'm only about halfway through it. Uh, so exciting conclusion will be talked about next week. Uh, but it really is, you know, it's worth, I think it's like nine bucks over on Amazon if you want to buy the DVD or it's... Uh, couple bucks to rent. Um, definitely I'd say check it out if you've got, you know, I guess for you, you've got, you know, two kids that are interested in, uh, Legos. Um, I know you've walked on Legos before, um, but it would be, you know, probably worthwhile. Uh, maybe watch the Lego movie after it, maybe go build a set together. Um, I think, uh, I don't remember what the basketball player's name was, but apparently he was such a big fan of Legos that they actually made like a Lego bust of him. Uh, delivered it to his house and he apparently has something like 30 sets kind of waiting for him at home during the off season to play with. So yeah, Legos just aren't, uh, not just for kids tends to be oddly enough, more the adults that, uh, enjoy them. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, I have stepped on one or two Legos. Uh, did they ever mention in your documentary about, uh, the, uh, Lego slippers, uh, the, the official ones? You know, um, they didn't. It wouldn't surprise me if uh, they came out with a second brickumentary at some point. Um, they did go into how uh, building Legos for adults and whatnot are, <clears throat> you know, it's, uh, it was kind of funny. It was the, you know, we have such crazy lives and we have change fatigue and all these different things and stressors going on during our days that it's just therapeutic and relaxing to open up a a box of Legos, have the instruction sheet and just go, um, and just follow the instructions and snap the pieces together and kind of do something mindless. And I was like, yep, I I can, yep. It's very true. I've put together a couple star Wars sets with that in mind where it's just, you know, I've had, 20,000 context changes during the day. And I just need something to sit down, stare at and go, huh, I wonder how that uh, connects into that piece. Okay. We'll, we'll rotate it 90 degrees. We'll rotate it, you know, 45 degrees. Okay. Got it. Yep. Okay. That's how that piece snaps in. Um, so I can definitely, uh, agree with them that they are incredibly therapeutic. Yeah. Uh, it looks like one of the most therapeutic sets could be the Lego Ghostbusters firehouse. 
Really? Yeah. Have you seen any of? Hold on, let me see if I can pull up the thing. How do I so, get? To- so I saw the firehouse when it originally came out, but I didn't realize it was quote unquote therapeutic. Oh yeah. Hold on. Check this out. I'm gonna put it into the dingus here. Uh, and then it'll show up for you, and then you can go look at this article. Uh, so while I'm putting it into the dingus and you are looking it up, uh, I figure why not cover where people can find show notes? So we publish show notes to uh, the pub, and they go to pub.brewery.fm uh, forward slash brewery037, uh, as in somehow we made it through 37 episodes. Yep. Um, did you see this thing come in? Uh, I don't know how you sent it. So no, I, I, I put oh, it in the it notes. Look, yeah. look at that. Look at that. Magic. Uh, so click on that and scroll down and, and go to the little animated GIF at the end of the uh, fire pole. I'll wait. End of the fire pole. Oh, yeah. Whoa. That's, yeah. 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 So I, I mean, I check, could do that for hours. Check that thing out. Um, I don't know how much money this is, and I don't. I probably don't want to know. So, um, you know, maybe when I win the lottery and move to Costa Rica, I'll get this as my going away present. So, if you buy, it's kit number seven eight uh, seven five eight two seven. Uh, if you buy it directly from Lego, it's three hundred and forty nine dollars. Dang. Oh, yeah. you know what else is dang? I <laughs> I saw you throw a thing up in an email to me, but. Uh, I happen to have Gmail up here in the background, and I just got another new message from Yammer. I am up to <laughs> 32 messages over the past two hours from the Office 365 network network uh, for suggested people to follow, which is uh, even funnier to me because you know I have a couple different Yammer accounts across various employers and things like that that I've had over the years that have been in yep. that network. So my follow email actually comes up with three different versions of me to follow on top of my core version of me. Um, But yeah, about every, um, let's see, the last one was 10 minutes ago, uh, but then I got this one and then 13 minutes ago, and then I got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, oh, probably about 12 within the hour before that. And then Oh, the two hours ago thing. That one's starting to stack up and, you know, probably another yeah. mm, two, 10 in there. Uh, so I think I'm up to about 30 emails so far in just the last two hours. So I started getting these last night at 11.18 p.m. And they were firing at uh, every four minutes. So do a little math. Uh, it's 15 messages per hour. So when I got up this morning at 5.30... I looked at my little, you know, badge on my mail and I went, huh, when I went to bed, that said five and now it's up to 81. Okay. Huh. I wonder what's going on. You know, thinking some crisis at work or I don't know, some email conversation with you and Becky gone astray about gummy bears. I didn't know. And I click into, you know, my email app and I see office 365 network. Uh, suggested people you should follow. And it was the same email. It's not even like different people. It's the <laughs> same email. Same exact uh, thing. Oh, it's absolutely so down brutal. At very, down at the very bottom, there is a little button that says, you know, don't want to be notified when there are new suggestions for people to follow? Click here. And I was thinking to myself, I really hope it's not one of those things where I click it and then I have to authenticate and then I have to like go into notifications. Fortunately, it was smart enough that it said, oh, yeah, that's Dan Usher that no longer wants to receive these emails. I'll unsubscribe him. And I stopped receiving them at that moment. But similar to yourself, I had 86 of these things stacked on top of each other. So my only guess is that there's some process job that's just broken. Yeah. Um, well, they would be able to control this with exchange transport rules, but those only work if you're an exchange online subscriber. So I bet they don't have those. There's probably no way for them to actually fix it. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. That little thing worked? Yeah. If you unsubscribe. Oh, no way. I would have clicked, clicked this hours ago. I know. I know. I would I would have done it days ago. Office 365. I, I love that. And it actually just unclicked the box and it signed me in seamlessly? Like, yeah. what? Some, some intern built something that works really well. I'm, I'm proud of them. 
that is like the one feature. Oh, oh. I, yeah. I feel like I should post something into the fire hose here. Uh, I'm going to um, have a little blog post about this. <laughs> um, mostly because it's the uh, guys. Did You knew this was happening, right? Um, yeah. So I imagine, uh, Ooh, man, I haven't checked my work email. Hmm. I should do that. I'm sure I probably have something similar over there. No, it's only this network that I'm getting them from. Oh, no, no, no. I have, I have two accounts on that network, one that's personal and one that's my work one. <laughs> oh, oh, well, that's true. I do have some other accounts, but those are all with other employers that are probably getting blasted with email right now. <laughs> uh, whoops. Um, so, back to the notes. Uh, <laughs> Hold on. I'm going to put something in the all feed on here, and I'm going to tag a Dan Usher. Which one? Uh, let's see. I could go with the Dan... Go the uh, go the Dan Usher MVP one. Dan Usher MVP. That'll make people pay attention, right? Um, and <laughs> uh, add, add topics. Yammer stinks. Uh, okay, and um, post. Where are you uh, posting this? The Office three sixty five Pro Network. Yep. Uh, let's see here. Did it not? Ah, stupid Yammer. It didn't take my topic. Uh, yam, Yammer stinks. Add. And now that'll, of course, be in the permanent Yammer lexicon because you can't get rid of the topics once they're there. Uh, beautiful. Uh, I wonder if there's anything in the all network about this. Uh, well, that's what I was saying. That's where I just put it. So, um, nope, 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 and nope. Nope. I scroll back a little while. Uh, well, you know, this is really scintillating stuff, but uh, I think we can probably move on. What else you got? If you if you uh, go back to our beautiful show notes. Um, so I've been playing around with uh, Planner. Um, I don't know if you have had that uh, pushed to your tenant yet. Yep. So gone ahead, turned it on, activated it. Uh, I would love to hear what you think of it because it's actually, mm, it's very limited, right? Uh, and I found it to be pretty useless for the space that it lives in. So the with the way those tasks come in, so Planner is an add-on to Office 365 groups, right? So if you have a group out there and you're in the Planner preview or you've activated that, um, every group is going to have a planner board with it and a planner board is, uh, you know, I thought I, I was describing them as like Trello like boards before I saw it. Um, but really it's about creating groupings of tasks. Um, the problem is the tasks are way too simple. So a task is pretty much just an assignment, a description and a due date. And you can't do things like repeating or recurring tasks, or maybe I'm just missing it. Um, and so you create the task, and then everybody in the group sees that that task was created as a notification, even though it was assigned to an individual. Um, but then you can come through and do some basic metrics and charting based on how many tasks are being completed and, and what's happening. So... Um, you know, I took it and tried to translate some of my workflow, like daily workflow at work stuff. So, uh, you know, if we have like team meetings every week uh, and there's prep that needs to happen for that. So, you know, there's a team meeting on, uh, you know, let's say Wednesday, um, you know, on Tuesday, I might need to do some prep for that. And that's the same thing every week. And that's a recurring task and it has to happen every week. And I always set aside time for that task every week on the same time. Um and so you go ahead and you put that out there and you're like, okay, so I want to create this recurring weekly thing and, oh, it can't be recurring. So let me create that within the group. And then, oh, I created it in the group. So now everybody got a, got a notification about it. And, you know, how did I set up the boards and what was going on and coming back and forth? So uh, it's kind of a weird disjointed thing. And because the tasks only live in the group, you don't see them in... Uh, you don't see them in Outlook. You don't see them in like that consolidated my tasks view over in SharePoint Online. They're just kind of there. Um, really weird thing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd, I'd love to hear what you think of it. So yeah, I'm I'm on the fence at the moment. Um, <clears throat> I 
provisioned it out to an account and started using it and said, wow, this is kind of nifty. Um, but I guess there was the caveat that it is associated with groups. Um, so in some instances that was really handy because I would say, okay, no problem. I'll just, uh, you know, go in and, uh, it's for, you know, specific effort or specific work thing that we're doing. No big problem. Um, this will work. This will be fine. Uh, and we will work inside the context of this and it'll be good for like tasks associated with a specific thing. Um, the problem I found with it is you can't assign a task to more than one person. So in a lot of instances, uh, you know, I, for like, if you're, uh, say use case, uh, you're a manager and you created group for, um, all your direct reports and staff members and whatnot, you might have like administrative functions where you're like, Hey, weekly status report. Hey, uh, remember to do these administrative things and you don't want to have to go through and create a task for each individual. Um, you just want to create one task, assign it to everyone and then have everyone have a copy of that task. Seems simple. Uh, but it's not. And like you said, you know, if you create one, everybody in that group all of a sudden sees it, gets a notification about it. Uh, depending on how they've got their email clients set up, if they're not using Outlook on the web or they don't have Office 2016, they see that show up in their inbox instead of just showing up as a group notification. So, yeah, it's can- really weird and it doesn't bleed back to a calendar view like a task would, right? Yeah. Um, so, like you said, there's this disconnect between a group is you know, by its very definition, a collection of individuals. So you would think, uh, I want to assign tasks within the group. So you don't actually assign tasks to the group, right? You assign them to individuals, which is really weird. And then you think, well, uh, you know, in the, in the case of that, a team or even a project, right? Take, take a, uh, you know, software development or a rollout, or we're doing a migration or something like that. Um, you don't always need visibility into the individual tasks that you might be putting out as as a taskmaster. Um, more nor might you want them, right? You might want individual tasks. Um, you know, in my case, I usually want individual tasks just for me. Um, you, you know, I want them to be there for me to remind me to tell others to do things or to go get things done. Um, so it's a nice gut check that way. It's it's really kind of a uh, a strange thing. And I, I've been trying to read through all the documentation and everything on it, trying to find some uh, in, intended use cases or something like that, right? Here's our expected use or, uh, you know, here's how we think people are going to go out using this functionality. And, um, you know, unless I'm missing it, everything I've seen is how to turn it on and screenshots of it, not what it is and what it's supposed to do and how it actually works. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm on the fence. Like I like the idea because a lot of the time, and I don't know if you have the, the same issue with this, but if I'm working on a large set scale of tasks, uh, outlook, the tasks just don't do it for me. They're hard. It's not that they're hard to use. It's just, they're hard to quickly apply a label to, uh, they're hard to kind of have show up in more of that Kanban um, form so you can kind of do work in progress or work in process, um, and, you know, reprioritize things. Instead, it's just here's a list, here are the due dates, and go. And it's not the most alluring view. So with groups, I was like, oh, well, at least we kind of have a Kanban board. We can see what's in process. We can see what's done. Um, we can see these burned down charts that are built for us dynamically. Um but it's still just, it's not quite there. So yeah, uh, mm, mm. <laughs> I find myself still kind of using other tools, like a little piece of paper that has all my tasks that I need to do. And I scratch them off and I look at it and I go, ha ha, there are only two things left on here that have to be done, but I can't rearrange them dynamically. I have to like rewrite the entire list. So. <laughs> well, that really drives it home. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, like I said, I'm very confused by it. Uh, it sounds like you are too. I'd, you know, I'd be very interested in seeing intended use cases, intended usages, uh, all those kinds of things, or really even just 
you know, we were talking last week about how there's all that documentation out there for the Yammer external groups, even though those things don't exist yet. Um, it'd be really nice to see documentation for this because it actually exists. Um, it is out there. People are playing with it and doing things with it, I think, but nobody's blogging about it. Nobody's writing about it. Uh, the product group certainly isn't putting those things out there unless I'm just missing it. Right. And I would think if they were putting it out there, it would be on the office blog or something. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's just not there. It's, it's hugely frustrating, um, because you know, you turn these things on and they're there for first release and then, um, you just don't know. And yeah, you, you know, it's tough. Uh, you, they could have lost me, right? Cause this could be the most amazing thing since sliced bread, but I went in there and clicked three buttons and got annoyed and said, nah, <laughs> meh, I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to go back like you to paper or, um, you should really get into, uh, there's an iOS app called to do, uh, we'll put that in the parking lot and, and, and we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that sometime. So I've been, I've actually been using Todoist. Uh, no, 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 not Todoist to do. Um, Todoist is, is no good. No bueno. This other thing. Awesome. Trust me. Follow along. We'll, so, t- we'll talk about it later. Okay. So question on to do. Are you talking the number two D-O? Yes, 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 yes. Or are you talking uh, T-O-D-O? Yes, yes. Uh, no, no. Uh, the number two and then D-O. So it's to-do app. Um, I'll, mm-hmm. Here, I'll put a thing in the dingus. No, I'm uh, looking at it right now. Um, usually it's 50 bucks. It's on sale for twenty four ninety nine right now. So I don't use the one on Mac. Uh, I only use it on iOS. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, that way I have it on my, my iPad and things like that. And mm-hmm. It's only a couple bucks over there, but... Um, before you do this, uh, I was very, I, I picked it up in like a free trial or something, I think at some point or when it was on sale, um, you know, as I want to do with, you know, all those iTunes credits that are sitting there. Uh, and, uh, it took a good amount of time to grok. Like it's got all sorts of stuff going on and flowing all over the place. Um, so they actually have a YouTube channel, which is like, uh, um, hey, here's the basics. Here's how you create these things. Move them between lists. Blah blah blah. Because there's buttons and stuff going on all over the place. But once you get it configured all right, it does all these things that you're looking for, right? Like uh, smart lists. So uh, you know we talk about like task aggregation. So show me a list of things that are only due in the next three days, or show me things that are due in the next three days uh, that have the tag, uh, you know, around the house or um, whatever project, uh, you know, you happen to be working on or the one you want to distill down to things like that. So, you know, if you've been making smart lists in iTunes or really any other thing, right. Um, it's awesome to have those dynamic searches go in there. Um, it does all the recurring task stuff. Uh, you know, it pops up, you can see things in just about any view you want to see them in. Um, uh, you mark them done, not done. You actually get the notifications for them. Uh, you know, all, all those fun kind of things. Oh, you know, that was one. So did you figure out in the planner preview now that I'm thinking about it? So once it sends out that, Hey, I've assigned a task to, um, you know, uh, John and Jane and all those things. Mm -hmm. What, why do you never get another notification about the task? So you have a task due and it has a due date on it. And you, the only way that you ever know you got the task is if you go back and visit the board. And even then it's not like flagged, like red, green, yellow, or (laughs) like, how did they miss that? Um, I, I honestly, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. All right. Uh, But, but yeah, you should go check uh, Go watch some YouTube videos. They have the link to the little YouTube right on their, uh, right on their site there. Um, and, you know, go, go watch some of those because you totally need another app to get into. So, okay. So take them back. Uh, take them, I know we're hopping back and forth between different apps. Uh, this, this is what coffee does to you. I know. Um, to me. So you've, you've implemented the Office 365 planner stuff and a tenant. Um, when you go, so you know how you have to go, you have to go to the promo code, you, t- you log in as a global admin, you click the link, it comes to like to the sales page and it says, do you want to do planner preview? And you say, sure, no problem. Uh, so you know how we have the SharePoint Delta, um, tenant out there? Yep. Oh, did you turn it on there? So I turned it on there, but it's kind of hilarious on the licensing page because you still have to go in and turn the license on for the user. 
And right now it tells me that there are 300,000 out of 300,000 licenses available. Oh, yeah. So you haven't assigned any. No, um, no. Yeah. I think they just try and give you a big enough pool. <laughs> you know, Microsoft was like, well, I think our largest tenant might be 299 and 900,000. Um, so let's just give everybody 300,000 licenses. Well, I mean, that's really helpful because we have 25 licenses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's not, it does that in every tenant, not just yours. <laughs> oh, I know, but it's uh, uh-oh, I'm down to 299,998. Uh-oh. Uh, man, I don't log into that tenant too much. Let's... Uh, well, well don't, yeah. as, don't assign me anything over there because I'll never see it. <laughs> oh, that's fine. No worries. Um, so anyway, uh, I will have to check out To Do. Um, it's eight bucks over on the uh, joyous Apple, uh, the iTunes store. Uh, you know, the one thing that I do like about Todoist, and you can judge me, um, is the fact that it does have a Chrome plugin. So even when I'm over on a Windows box, I can get to it. Mm, that would be handy. Yeah. So I don't know if uh, Todo has a Chrome plugin. Um, it looks like it's got, uh, you know, iPhone, iPad, Universal, um, has a Mac app, and it has an Android app, but it doesn't look like it has anything for Chrome. No, they they don't have a you know like a web backend or anything like that. So, uh, you, you know, you do have to do things from from your phone or from your iPad and all that stuff. Uh, I found it hasn't been a huge barrier because I always have those things right next to me, and I'm not usually like clipping things from the web and being like overly verbose. You know, a a, a task for me is usually a pretty distinct thing. That maybe I'll you know paste a URL into the notes for it or something like that. So um, you know I can't fault you when you find something that works for you. Yeah, I mean no. So Todoist is working pretty darn well because uh, I don't really you know I'll put uh, similar to people vague booking. Um, I will put vague reminders in if it's work related, just because I don't want work stuff spilling in too much. But at least it's a reminder that's like, oh yeah, I got to go do that expense report or got to go approve somebody's uh, request, but you know, nothing where it's, you know, contains anything, any way, shape or form that whatever uh, somebody would look at and go, Oh, that person's working on X. Um, but uh, from a personal perspective, I do love some of the things where it's like recurrence where it's, you know, Hey, I should go check my PO box once a week and I need to check that off. And that should remind me every Saturday morning. Um, so it's got some it's got some nifty stuff. Uh, one of the other issues that I've run into is, uh, and I know you, I think you used to use reminders for this, but it's paying different bills. Um, so Washington Gas, for instance, in the D.C. metro area, great company, do good work. Thanks for the natural gas, love it. Uh, but uh, they have redeveloped their website, and in the process of doing so. They seem to have broken their like email reminders to let you know that you have a gas bill. Uh, so they've been sending manual emails that say, hey, uh, we noticed that you didn't pay your bill last month. We were sorry we didn't send you a reminder. Um, don't worry. Uh, we're not going to charge you extra because of it. It's our fault. Um, but if you could please go you know, pay your bill, that would be great. Um, so I've just said, you know what, I'm just going to go check on the 15th of every month to check my Washington gas bill and I'll just pay it then. So, you know, it's got uh, handy little recurrence reminders that are somewhat easier to use than outlook. And like you said, uh, if planner isn't doing recurring reminders until I finish something, uh, you know, I'll stick with Todoist or to do or something external to that workflow. And so be it. Yeah. Uh, you, you know, teach their own, but I, I don't, <laughs> planner is not my own. Uh, I don't see it becoming my own either. Yeah, I, I'd like to, I really would. And I see some decent uses because it ties directly into groups, um, which if you're doing little stand up groups to get work done, I could see that as being helpful. But until that matures a little bit more, I think, uh, yeah, I'm going to be sticking to pencil paper or an app that really does work really well. All sorts of fun. True. Um, so uh, I know we're kind of coming up on time. Um, wanted to just you know remind <coughs> remind folks about uh, a couple conferences coming up. Um, so both in April, uh, there's Dev Intersection 2016. Uh, you're going to be speaking at that, right? 
Uh, I am. So if anybody wants to sign up for that, they can save uh, $50 with my last name. So uh, just put Hogue in the form and you save 50 bucks, which is nice. Uh, so Dev Intersection is actually interesting this year um, in that, or at least the one down in Orlando. So, uh, well, <laughs> as opposed to previous years that weren't interesting. <laughs> Well, uh, so one of the things that happened this year uh, is uh, we, we all heard about Build, right? And how Build sold out in about 30 seconds. Um, so Dev Intersection is one of the overflow conferences for Build. Uh, so, you know, if you feel like you were left out of that game and, and you couldn't get in, um, you know, there's still openings down at Dev Intersection. Uh, and some neat things have been happening because of that. Uh, so we, we, some interesting new speakers, um, you know, who said, uh, well, you know, maybe they hadn't heard about this before and, and now it's out there and it's an opportunity to go down. Um, there's also some other conferences that have decided to co-locate. So, uh, angle brackets, I don't know if you're, uh, familiar with that one. Uh, so angle brackets conference, uh, is going to be co-late co-locating or, um, they're holding their conference, um, same place, uh, same time, uh, all that good stuff down there. So, uh, all very, very cool. Yeah. I, I spoke at that one two years ago. I don't think they did it in Orlando last year, but two years ago, <clears throat> it's about the same time period. Uh, angle brackets was there. A couple other things were there. Um, it's in the Ritz Carlton, maybe no Ritz Carlton, I think is next door this year. It's at the the swan oh really yeah yeah uh yeah even uh even angle brackets they're coming on site so they're they're, swap disney world swan yeah yeah they're they're both going to be at the same exact place which is uh really kind of cool like they're they're co-lowing together um they're in the same rack it's very interesting yeah they uh that's cool um so yeah they had all the conferences in similar fashion uh at the same place it was uh, you know, it was, it was good. Um, we didn't have a ton of SharePoint stuff going on. Um, but it was neat to have folks from some of the other conferences just like wander in, um, because they'd heard about SharePoint or they had, you know, some random interest around SharePoint. So that was pretty cool that, uh, you know, they do have the angle brackets and the other, uh, Microsoft technology, the .NET, the Azure and the SQL uh, conferences all going on at the same time. Yeah. Uh, so you said there were two things going on. Were, were those the two things or was there another one? Uh, so there's also SharePoint Fest DC going on uh, similar to last year. Um, our, I guess it's uh, Art Kane and David Wilhelm uh, putting on conference again. It's going to be at the Washington Convention Center. It's the weekend. Uh, it's maybe the week and a half later. So for anybody in the DC metro area, uh, some of the same people that are speaking down at Dev Intersection are going to be up at the SharePoint Fest DC. Um, and then some other folks that are local to the area um, will be there as well. So it's going to be, uh, you know, a decent conference. Uh, yeah, it's, you know, a fun conference to be at. Uh, I'm looking forward to just the fact that I will be able to get downtown, uh, get out of the office for a little while and uh, reconnect with, you know, other share pointers in the area and in the community, as well as, you know, it, <clears throat> any of these conferences I see as being great opportunity really to, you know, connect with folks from the community that I wouldn't otherwise know. Um, they're like the attendees just, and I think you have this as well, where, you know, folks are coming, they're paying for this. They're very interested in, you know, what they can make the best out of the platform. Um, and it's not, uh, it's not folks that just kind of have, you know, the enthusiast aspect to it. These are folks that they are looking for solutions to their problems. And so, you know, if we can sit down at lunch or coffee or whatever, uh, and chat through a problem, it's, you know, it's pretty cool to kind of hear what's going on. Sometimes that leads to, you know, something where they call back and they say, Hey, can you come in for a consultation? You say, well, yeah, I mean, probably can work something out. Um, or, you know, if it's not, uh, our bread of butter, so to speak, um, bread and butter, excuse me. Um, you know, being able to say, you know what, um, you're looking for a very niche use case around X. You should go talk to this person. Um, you know, they might be able to help you out. Uh, so it's, it's pretty cool to have that community of, uh, interest going on and be able to, you know, engage in it a little bit more readily. 
Nifty. What? Uh, uh, you know, it was bound to happen at some point. 37 episodes. Who knew? Yeah, d- don't worry. I'm going to bleep it out. Oh, man. Um, so the only other exciting announcement that I've got for this week, uh, and you can, you can mock me and laugh at me, uh, beta three came out for iOS 9.3. Um, Pub- public beta, right? Public beta. You're on the public one? Yeah, not the developer one, the public beta. Um, I, uh, I I saw it went live for developers on Monday through, I guess, the 9 to 5 Mac site. Um, I was like, oh, okay, so usually it's about a 24-hour wait, and then they put the public one out, or at least they've been doing that. Uh, sometimes they've been doing it the exact same day. And the feature that I have been like waiting for and looking for has been – uh, Verizon to add Wi-Fi calling. So Wednesday midday, uh, I saw the notice pop up on nine to five Mac through uh, you know newsfeed um, that said, "Okay, nine nine point three public beta three is out there." And so I went uh, plugged into my Mac, did two backups with the encrypted uh, password so that it would pull everything and you know do the backup with passwords and do it nicely so when it restored, I wouldn't cry um, if I needed to. I went ahead and dumped on uh, 9.3 beta three. And so far it's been pretty stable. Um, I've got night shift turned on. So that's, that's definitely nice. Like at night, uh, it is much gentler on the eyes, just using the default setting than having, you know, your screen, uh, kind of just blaring at you. So I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, the Wi-Fi calling for the most part, it's pretty solid. It takes a little while for it to uh, pick up. Um, so it does have to go back and do a connection back to Verizon, you know, channels back through your uh, Wi-Fi connection and says, hey, I'm here. You know, Dan turned me on. Uh, I'm ready to be used. Um, so it will actually use that even if you have, you know, two or three bars of service. Um if for some reason it's not able to connect back into Verizon and say, hey, I want to do Wi-Fi calling, um, you're still just stuck on, even if you have it turned on, you're still stuck on using just whatever the cell tower is near you. So uh, it, it is not a immediate turn it on and <clears throat> it will automatically start using it. It does require uh, a little bit of magic on the back end for them to um, give you a connection. So I'm, I'm excited to see that uh, go a little bit uh, fuller. I am curious on corporate networks, how they're going to block that or if they're going to, you know, if there's going to be guidance from Apple that says, hey, uh, if you want to allow Wi-Fi calling for all of your users, here's what you need to do. Because I'm certain that corporate networks are still going to uh, continue to block certain ports um, for things like that, which will cause it to be a useless feature. But uh, e- Useless indeed. Uh <laughs> Yeah, uh, mm, I don't know. You know, I don't use a phone as a phone, so that it's really kind of a, str- <laughs> a strange thing to me. I'm absolutely like useless. If you call me and leave me a voicemail, because uh, everything goes into Google Voice, I check my Google Voice mailbox mm, once every two or three weeks. Uh, so uh, by the time I get to things, if you've called me, it's 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 not happening. Um, and I've gotten really bad even it used to be, you could send me, uh, you know, maybe like a direct message on Twitter or Facebook or, uh, now, now you've almost got to send me like an SMS or an iMessage thing and maybe I'll sometimes respond. Uh, I feel like I've turned into this person who's not really like a good management of like other people's time or like respecting their time or things like that. Cause, uh, you, you know, folks reach out all the time and I just, I, I, I lose it in the 700 notifications from Yammer. And I get annoyed and go on to the next thing, and I forget that they ever called or did something in the first place. Hmm. Uh, so, last thing for today: uh, how much home automation do you do at this point? I do zero home automation. That's how much I do, um, and that's because I don't have a home, Dan. I'm still homeless. Way to way, way to rub it in. Um, uh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't do anything. Um, maybe, uh, at some point I'd like to get into the home kit stuff cause I have all the Apple devices lying around. So I don't know what that looks like. I'm, I'm waiting for some of this stuff to, uh, m- mature a little bit more. It seems like it's still kind of janky and disjointed and, uh, there's not one standard to follow or things like that. Yeah, I guess, uh, I've got, I picked up the Asus on hub, 
and I have it here plugged into the office using it uh, as the network for the basement so as to have a different Wi-Fi set up for the basement as compared to the rest of the house. Um, it's got, uh, I guess, the Zigbee and uh, Z-Wave and a couple other things built into it, um, Bluetooth and whatnot. Uh, so I am you know, slowly but surely like tying in, uh, Phillips, uh, hue lighting with it. Um, as well as a couple other things that I have picked up over the past year that, uh, I didn't really have a use for, or didn't have a really a way to tie it all together. So the home automation with like an access point is actually pretty darn cool. Um, the other features with the on hub, uh, I'm, I'm curious to see where Google takes it. Um, and I'm also curious to see, uh, how Apple will start building in some of the different functionality to compete with on hub. You know, I guess, uh, Apple has, uh, basically the idea that you can take like an Apple TV and use that as kind of your central focal point for some of the automation, but I haven't really seen, or at least, you know, I haven't explored a ton uh, as to how I can use one of my old Apple TVs to be able to do this. So you just have to have, uh, we'll put it in the parking lot and, and uh, send, me, send me an email on the side and I'll, I'll get you up and running with that stuff. So you need a third generation Apple TV or higher uh, and it just needs to be on the network and then it acts as uh, a HomeKit hub uh, with Siri. Uh, so you can do all that stuff around the house. Uh, and then, uh, uh, no, 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 not a Google on hub, a, a, a thing of a jigger, um, a home kit hub. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you, you, you spin it up and there's some other third party apps cause home kit doesn't really have a controller, but mm-hmm. somebody wrote a controller app costs about 15 bucks, but it lets you control everything across all these different home kit platform things, all the vendors, right? Um, so it kind of unifies them all together to make the scenes and the rooms and, and all that stuff. So, um, shoot, shoot me a thing and we'll do the thing and stuff will happen. 